Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Time Warp. I'm joined again by Harry and Josh for this episode, which is going to be a, a bit of a different one. Some some strange talking points compared to the regular football podcast show, but we'll do our best to, to bring you all the latest information on everything Newcastle. But the big topic and the only real big talking point of the last week or so has been the outbreak of COVID at Newcastle United and the closure of the Benton training ground. But it's eventually been reopened today and the players, a select number of players are back in small groups with the people testing positive following the, the government's protocols. And just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole situation. Do you think the game will be on and, and everything along those lines? To be honest, it's really, really hard to say whether we're going to be playing or not. Mm-hmm. We don't actually know how many cases we've got people yeah. seem to think it's in the region of 8 and 12 but the club have, have not really said anything on it players return to data training in small groups it's not exactly like a full course training session I mean mm-hmm. we're playing on Saturday so if yeah. we are going to be playing I'm, I am worried about the, the players fitness unclear mm-hmm. whether the club have asked for a postponement once again from the Premier League West Brom have been left in the dark on that situation but if mm-hmm. I was to say whether it's going to go ahead or not well considering we have returned to training I do think we'll be playing yeah you know as Harry says we're approaching nearly two weeks without training at this point so it's got to be a worry about will the players even be able to last 90 minutes and I think it also depends on what what players are missing and who's still isolating because if it's players who don't really play a big role in the squad Maybe they'll be happier to go ahead with the game. But then if you're looking at players who make up the core of the start 11, 
I can see us going and appealing for another postponement, but I think that entirely, there's a lot of things it depends upon. I don't think anyone can be sure whether the game will go ahead or not. Yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll go ahead unless there's another another outbreak of cases this week, but I can't see that happening. I don't think it'll go ahead, but that's, the worry is the players' fitness. Like I know they were given routines and training programmes, but it's just nowhere near the same training by yourself in your house yeah. to what it is on a training pitch with 25, 30 other people every day. The coaches can't can't influence the players, but I suppose that might be a good thing. But as long as it's not the big players, like Callum Wilson, Darlow, Fernandez, players like that, then I think, I think we should be okay. Not to get a result necessarily, but be able to play. I mean, if we are going to have a mass COVID outbreak and have to be play, they'll have to be playing a game in a few days' time. I think we would all want either West Brom or Sheffield United, and thankfully, it's it's West mm. Brom team that got beat five one at the weekend by the Crystal Palace side. We beat two 0 so the confidence is there. But an interesting topic we talked about was was the fitness there of the players and whether they will be able to last ninety minutes. Paul Pogba was a player that come out during the week. I know he's hit the headlines for other reasons, but there was a piece I don't know what newspaper it was in, but it spoke about how. You know him recovering from COVID, and he said, you know, he struggled with his breathing, and it did take him a while to get back to his full fitness. So I just wonder whether that's going to be a bit of a long-standing issue with our players. And if it is, I know the argument against five substitutes has has been refuted by pretty much anyone below the top six sides. Is mm-hmm. that something now Newcastle are going to be pushing for as well as other clubs in the Premier League? I think that's especially worrying because we're approaching the Christmas period as well. I mean, you've got a game every four days probably on average, so. Mm-hmm. If players mm-hmm. on at the races, on at the physical peak, we've got to really worry about how we're going to be able to perform in there in these fixtures. I mean, we've got Leeds coming up. We've got a lot of games where players are going to have <laughs> to be at their absolute best, sort of running performance-wise. And if they are struggling with fitness, you've got to worry about how we're going to like. Are we going to be able to get results in those games? Yeah, I think Leeds is probably the last team you want to play if you're struggling for fitness. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's they're just relentless for ninety minutes. Even if they don't score, they just never stop creating and pressing you. It's, unbelievable to watch but like you said Harry on the recovery period for people that have got COVID there was uh, someone in the WSL Katie Zellum she was tested positive self-isolated but then it was another two weeks until she played again because they just couldn't get a breathing back properly in training like was fine just general training and everything but then when it went to a game situation just out of breath straight away and it's it definitely does have longer term effects than uh, I think a lot of people are talking about it's different to match fitness than it is to training. Um, even when Ryan mm-hmm. Fraser signed in the summer, you know, COVID aside, how long did mm-hmm. it take him to get anywhere near match fitness? He still wasn't ready to play a full 90 minutes before he got injured in that Everton game. So it, yeah. you know, it could take months for these lads to, to get into it. But they're athletes mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I'm sure they'll, they'll recover yeah. fine. But we don't know anything about the people who've got COVID who's mm-hmm. got it hard. People might have had no symptoms, maybe asymptomatic. And away mm-hmm. from football, Lewis Hamilton, you know, seven-time Formula One world champion, one of the fittest athletes on the planet, has been mm-hmm. hit really hard with COVID. Yeah. So it just affects people in different ways. But once again, the club have not told anything, so it's hard to really react on anything that's come out. Yeah, that's just the club in general, really. They don't really well, tell you yeah. anything unless they want you to know something, i.e. the statements made against the Premier League. But other than that, you don't get told anything without a leak. And even then, it's hard to believe it sometimes. But I think, like you, like you said, Josh... Looking ahead to the game on Saturday, if you want to play anyone, it, it's it's definitely West Brom, uh, one of the teams you would want to play. And luckily, that's who we've got on Saturday. So if we've got a lot of our key players fit and unaffected by this COVID, it 
could potentially be back-to-back wins. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good game to have it uh, at this time, especially what we're going through. Uh, West Brom looking at complete disrepute. I mean, I think they've conceded the most goals in the league. I think they've got they've conceded twenty three game twenty three goals already. And as I was just speaking about before, they're going to be without Pereira, their best player by far. So who creates literally everything going forward for them? And if, if he's not there creating, obviously we know they can't defend. And for for once, I think I have I have faith in us scoring. Sometimes with Callum Wilson, you feel he can get a goal at any time. So I've really got faith that we should easily win this game on Saturday. Well, the West Brom team were playing on Saturday, potentially is pretty much the same side we played last year in the FA Cup. Yeah. So there's not mm-hmm. much of a change. To be honest, they've probably got a bit weaker. Um, I know Conor yeah. Gallagher is probably the only real bit of quality they've brought in in the summer. So it's still, I know, even when Newcastle under Benitez, we were told we're a championship side week in, week out. But these really are a championship yeah. team. Yeah, there's nothing to fear against them when we're, when we're lined up against one Saturday if it's on. And it's a game where if we don't take three points from it, it's it's a big failure. Yeah. For not just for Bruce and the players. The players have got to take responsibility if they can't bit a championship team with the players we've got, especially the likes of Wilson, Fraser, St. Maximin and Almiron. It should just be way too much for them if we can we can dominate the midfield as well. I, I can't see them scoring unless it's from, say, a set piece or something, but I don't know. I'm I'm not worried about too much about West Brom. If I had Leeds on Saturday, I'd be we want the game postponed, but definitely yeah, not West 100%. Brom. Yeah, they've, they've lost the best player in Matthias Pereira that, that Josh touched on before. They were a 36 year old centre half and Branislav Ivanovic. I know it's not, <laughs> still a good player in there, but mm-hmm. Wilson and St Maximin should be really up for that. Getting at them. Yeah. In terms of them up front, Carlin Grant, bang average <laughs> Championship striker. Probably yeah. he's all right, but I mean he's got one goal. Just looking, he's got one goal in his last seven Premier League games, so not exactly a, yeah. a bags man, should we say? He's definitely a championship striker, isn't he? Yeah, I mean this is mm-hmm. team. I know they were down to ten men at the weekend, but you know Christian Benteke, who's probably not scored in about seven years, he bagged two against <laughs> them. Yeah, it's it's a game we'll have to be getting three points from if we want to be progressing or like progressing, just being respectable, really. But someone who potentially needs the, the three points more than us is Slavin Bilic who is apparently under f- severe threat of losing his job in the Premier League if wow. he doesn't get a result against us and it is something that surprises us in a way because what he did with West Brom in the Championship he turned them around so quickly to become a promotion team and the way he got let go at West Ham as well and then he's probably going to he will lose his job at one point during this season, I think he's a, he's, I think he's a half decent Premier League manager. Nah, he's a good manager, Billet. I've, I've got a lot of time for him. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at West Brom's results this season. I mean, they were three 0 up against Chelsea, albeit the two three three. That's yeah, still some that. feat. I mean, we got annihilated for ninety minutes off them. Mm-hmm. They defended well against Sheffield United. Took the goal, took the chance, won the game. Only lost one mm-hmm. 0 to Man United because of a VAR decision that maybe should have yeah. went in their way. They're not a bad mm. side, really. No. I know. I know Newcastle. You know, should be should be winning this game, but they're no pushover. And no. For, to sack Billich would be unbelievable. I mean, who would you get in? That, that's the, that's what I always think. With when people and fans want to get rid of managers, realistically, who is going to go to West Brom? It's going to be somebody from the Championship. That's who you're going to get. Sam Allardyce. Well, Sam Allardyce didn't want the Newcastle job. Yeah. Eighteen months ago, so he's not going to want to. I don't think he'll want to go to go to West Brom. I think he'd struggle to keep that side up. I think the worry with uh, the village for us is obviously we see all the time with if they've got if he's got a good relationship with the players, the players have been looking to fight for him on Saturday and yeah. mm-hmm. push for getting results. I mean, we see what Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer on what three or four occasions now where he's saved his job on one result. 
So that's probably yeah. the, worry, the worry for us. We're not going to be 100%, and they might be 150% fighting every every last second to win that game. So maybe that's a, that's something for us to think about, the Slavon Bilic uh, situation. Yeah, and we're definitely not a team anymore that fights during games. We're no. just a team that, that hits on the counter and gets our ball to our, our best player and he scores. But we haven't got those players in the midfield like we had in, in years gone by of really wanting to fight and win the ball like Joey Barr and Kevin Nolan, Czech Tiote, players like that who really just loved getting in people's faces for 90 minutes. It'll be an interesting game. I can't see it being a high-quality game. No. I can see the ball going out of out of play quite a lot, a lot of long balls, a lot of niggly little fouls, and quite a slow burn. I'll probably be a, a 1-0 or a 1-1 or something. Yeah, so I think it could be a... A different sort of challenge for this weekend because we haven't come up against many five at the back teams, I don't think, and I'm pretty sure that's what they play or, or have had some success with. So that'll be interesting how Bruce tackles that. Does he try and focus to attack the the wing backs that they're using? Because you're not going to get much luck playing down the centre of them. So could be looking for crosses into Wilson. It could be another another frustrating afternoon for him. I think we'll play 4-4-2. I don't... You know, depends on who's available and who's not available. I don't think you want to change the team much from the side that beat Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. So we've, I think what they'll do is they'll just look at what, what Palace done against them. They set up with a, with a flat four four two with two holding midfielders and mm-hmm. just kind of pluck them off. But before the red card in that game, I know Palace ran away with it. West Brom matched them toe-to-toe, so it's not going to be an, an easy game. It's not going to be a walk in the park for Newcastle. We'll have to be no. careful, but you would like to think at home our quality in the final third at least will override anything West Brom mm-hmm. will do in that game. If we perform well, then we should win this, but it's yeah. Newcastle. We, we could get beat 5-0. Yeah, wouldn't surprise I would not be surprised no. at all. <laughs> They're going to use three centre-halves to sit and like try and hang on hang on at the game mm-hmm. uh, and, and using the five at the back to try and nick a result. Now they've got no one who can unlock the door in those moments where they go forward and you know, as you say, they conceded five goals with five defenders. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's unforgivable. You you just got to see. I think when you look at it, just take it face value. I don't see how they can how they can how can they can beat us on Saturday. And I know Newcastle will probably get beat, but looking at the system, <laughs> I just don't see. I don't see a way that that they 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 can actually beat us. I was just looking at the uh, stats for the game against Palace, and it was still fifty fifty on possession. Palace are very similar to Newcastle in in the way they play. Mm-hmm don't want the ball so I think we'll be keen to let West Brom have the ball when it's certainly not going to be playing a gag and press and we're not going to be pushing them like a Liverpool or a, or a Leeds especially mm-hmm. a post-Covid Newcastle side so I think we'll sit deep West Brom will have a few chances but it's whether they've got the quality to put the ball in the back of the net and for mm-hmm. once we definitely have that so it, it's yeah. going to be a it's going to be a classic affair of defence versus attack West Brom are going to have to throw everything at us Billich is trying to save his job he's not going to come up to St James's Park and park the bus and try and get a draw because at the end of the day in terms of his future as a manager that might not keep him in a job they're only a point off the bottom three a win here would, would put us 11 points clear of West Brom mm-hmm. and already at this early part of the season that's a quite a bit to override really yeah, that would definitely be something to be 11 points clear. The drop before full January transfer window would be really big. It'd be something to build on as well, if we can get some positivity going. But we know how hard that, that is to get with the team and the city and the manager and the journalists will have. It's uh, quite hard to get everyone positive at the same time. No no one ever seems to just be happy. No. Always seems to be something going on. No one's on. ever singing off the same hymn sheet. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. That, that's the phrase. It's just, it's never happy up here 
But someone who we mustn't forget about who had a man-in-the-match performance last time out was Joe Linton. And surely he's got to play in the exact same role alongside Callum Wilson again. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be playing, no doubt about that. Bruce won't change the, the team. I think usually when we do win a game, he pulls out the same side that won the last game. So this is a great game for Joe Linton to get another couple of goals. Really, I, I hate that we're kind of you know writing off West Brom because the chances are they're going to beat with 3-0 at the weekend. But yeah. this is a game that he's got to be well up for. You know, they've conceded 23 goals a season, which on my estimations, I think it is more than any other Premier League side. That's That's got to speak volumes of, of their defence. And, you know, Newcastle have been all right at the back of the season. I know we've had a few games where we've been thumped, but against the teams around where we usually do fare pretty well, we have done ever since we've been promoted under Rafa. We've always beat the teams around where that's what's kept winning the division. And I'd like to think it's going to be the same on Saturday and Joe Linton is going to get a couple of goals. I was really impressed by it. Because obviously the pressure on Joe Linton's score is massive and I was happy that he got his goal, if not for a bit of luck. I think what was more impressive was his link-up play in the tight areas, yeah. in between the midfield and defence. I thought he looked really composed. Often at Newcastle, because of the pressure he's under, he's looked nervous on the ball. I, I just didn't see that. I thought he looked really good. I mean, the, the assist for Callum Wilson, good weighted pass. Uh, and that's what impressed me the most. I think he, if, he, if, he, if he can just keep playing like that, it doesn't have to be a world beater every time, but he needs to do simple things right. Stop giving the ball away. And against Rizzo Palace, it's what he did. And look, we're all singing his praises. If he do that 30, 30 times a season, and I don't think there's any reason for us to, to keep complaining about him, but as we say, God, he's got to be playing in the same position. I mean, I think, I'm not sure who he played. He played being behind the striker once this year, and then Bruce shipped him out on the right wing against Man United, barely touched the ball, and then he was dropped. So he's got to, he's got to be given, at least given the chance to sort of get used to a position and then build on his role in the team. Yeah, hopefully he can get another goal would be great for for the lad and for his confidence. Because it, it is someone who you just want to do well because he's arrived with this massive price tag, which yep. people forget. He he didn't say, I'm worth 40 million, you've got to pay it. He, he just gets treated like a bit of property. Like he, he doesn't say, he would never have said he's a 40 million pound player, I bet, no. that should be playing in the Premier League when he was at Hoffenheim, if he looked at his record. But he's he's got to live with that now. But what you were saying before about West Brom at the back, so they play five at the back quite a lot, and they've conceded 23 goals already this season in 11 games, which is more than Fulham, and that says something, how yeah. bad Fulham have been this season. But And they've only scored eight as well. It's horrendous. They've got the worst goal difference in the league. Like I can't see how we don't score and how we don't keep a clean sheet if all things work out, which it never does. No, it never does. <laughs> at Newcastle. So that's what should happen. We should win and get a clean sheet, but I would never, ever think that'll happen now. To be honest, it's probably the most confident I've been about a game since the start of the season when we played West Ham. Yeah, Everyone definitely. before that game against West Ham was so confident we are going to beat them. I knew we, we, mm-hmm. we did in the end, but they were a club in disarray. They were all over the place. Problems oh, with right. the owners, sold Dean Garnett to West Brom, who were going to play at the weekend. And then, I mean, they've turned it around now, but... In terms yeah. of the, we played them at a good time. Oh, the best time to play them, and the, you know, yeah. had that against Palace the other week. The best time to play them, mm. the best player out, yeah, Wilfred Zaha. I mean, how influential was he at the weekend? That to, they wouldn't have wouldn't have won five one if Wilfred Zaha wasn't playing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because I think since we played right. West Ham, they've only lost to Man United, Liverpool, drew with City, and that's it. Yeah. Oh no, got beat off Arsenal. Just still all top sides though, aren't they? Uh huh. Drew with Spurs. Drew with City. So, yeah, we got very lucky to play them when we did. But another talking point, which is, it's never really gone away, has it? But it's resurfaced quite a lot. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Might have been this morning, I can't remember. About Jetro Willems has rejected a contract extension at Eintracht Frankfurt, 
which I was surprised he got offered one after because he wasn't even in the first team squad before he came to us. Uh, so I was quite surprised he got offered a new contract, but he is a player that is really, really desperate to come <laughs> back, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he really wants to come back. It's refreshing to see that a player is so desperate to return yeah. to the club, but yeah, I think, exactly. to be honest, Newcastle United are a business current under this current ownership, and I don't think they're going to be signing a player that's had two you know, serious injuries, has no real sell-on value. That's why Frankfurt have offered him a new deal, was to probably try and get mm-hmm. five or six million pounds from him. But I hope we, we do sign him. We had a little discussion before the podcast started, just briefly about Willems and is he going to be happy playing behind Jamal Lewis? Because, to be honest, he's my first-choice fullback. Willems, mm. fans' favourite. Everyone liked him, but couldn't really play in the back four. Was a bit susceptible defensively. He was good going forward. It's not like he was a you know a world-beater. If he was a world-beater, we would have signed him in, would have signed him in the summer. So yeah. it is, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But if I had to predict whether we would, that Willems will come to the club in January or even in the summer, unfortunately, I think I'll say no. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's a great point. It depends what Willems wants from Newcastle United. As you say, if he if he if he's content to sit on the bench and fill in for Lewis when Lewis gets injured, because we don't really have a natural left back replacement. We have Mankio, Kraft, Sills in there, Clark, Dummett, but all of them are a bit of a liability. We know Willems is a left back. He does well in the back five. If he's content to sit on the bench for most of the season and come in when he's needed, then I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't sign him. I, mean, I can't imagine his way way to be astronomical. He's no. free. Yeah, what I would say, if we did get Willems back, it might push Lewis on further as well, to yeah. say that, because he knows that the fans like Willems, you know, Bruce, like, trusts him, because he brought him in on loan, played him whenever he could, basically, so that might push Lewis uh, on and make him into a better player, but I think he would be great cover at left-back, which is something we haven't had for God knows how long I haven't had cover at left-back, but he's still only 26, is Willems, which was ridiculous when I saw, I thought he was pushing on 30, so I, th- I think if you can get him for a low fee or free, then I think it would be a, a decent signing. But the club doesn't do sentimental things. If they did, no. they would have brought back Rondon. The club don't yeah. care once players leave. So one thing I did see uh, in the papers the other day was a, a player that didn't have a didn't have a fantastic season when he was here uh, on loan was Nabil Bentaleb, okay. Fulham, as well as the us are also looking to uh, potentially bring him back. I would be very much against that. I think after that Manchester City display he put out, I think he's probably about League One standard for me. I don't know about you guys. I think just every display put out was atrocious. He's one of the most pointless players I've ever seen play football. I mean, all he did mm-hmm. when he was at the club was take minutes away from Marty Longstaff. I mean, yeah. sort of like I don't know what he did. One of the weirdest, strangest signings, and we set, we shipped him back. And that was the, like we had the option to get him. And we said, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. And now we've won. we're talking about getting him again. I, I, I absolutely do not see the logic in it at all. He couldn't tackle. He couldn't pass forwards. He could so just slow. pass sideways. And even then, he could barely do that. He, oh, he <laughs> wasn't was awful. quick. No. No. He wasn't smart on the ball. He couldn't pick out a pass. Horrendous. Other than that, he's brilliant. Awful, awful player. Yeah. Apart <laughs> yeah, from that, I would have him back in a heartbeat. <laughs> I've just remembered something else that I think we definitely have to talk about is the format captain Fabrizio Colaccini is set to retire this season or the end of the season I don't know when the Argentinian league finishes or if it's finished is it now yeah because the news are so bad that they're just talking about I think in the article I don't know who did it there's a load of fans are just saying he's getting a lot of abuse just do it just do it now so I think the news are so bad he's barely playing they're talking about it being sort of a nightmare return when it was meant to be like the green news yeah, because he, he did quite well when he first went. I think I remember his first season or two, he was he was quite good. But obviously, he must have... Jesus, he must be so slow now. 
mean, he was talking about oh. a move to San Lorenzo, oh, 2015, 2014. A long mm-hmm. time ago, he was always saying he was wanting to go back to Argentina. But to be honest, when Colaccini was in his prime at us, I didn't think there was many Premier League defenders actually better than him on his day. Probably oh, he was unbelievable. Vincent Company is probably the only person I can think of that was anywhere near his... I mean, he was class. Yeah, he was so good for us. So yeah, he left in 2016. So I would be keeping an eye on is um, him going into management. I certainly think he was... Uh, well, he was linked with the Newcastle job after... Was it after Pardew left? He was a big favourite to, to like become that, the yeah. manager. And then John Carver came in and, you know, the best coach <laughs> in world football, come in and save the day. Yeah, now, now he's going to the Euros. What a turn of events life is. Yeah, I just wanted to briefly touch on that, just because how good of a servant he was for the club and how good of a player he was for, for 90% of his time when he was here. Apart from when he very first signed, he was atrocious. And then his last season wasn't the best. I was when he, he got a really bad back injury when he did a bicycle kick in the corner for no oh, reason that. at all. <laughs> Landed on his back and I went off. Uh, he was out for months, I remember. So I think that'll be a good way to wrap up the podcast, reminiscent on Colaccini's time at the club as captain. Have to get your score predictions for the match on Saturday. What do you think will happen? I'm going to go with Newcastle to win for the first time in this podcast. I think we will win. I'm going to go with 2-1. I know we've been bashing them for not scoring many goals, but you know I think mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be 2-0 up cruising and they'll uh, they'll score from a set piece in the 85th minute and give all a, a nice mini heart attack before full time. But yep. we'll hang on. We'll get the job done, hopefully. I expect Newcastle to take control of the game from the first minute and I think Callum Wilson will be too much for their defence. I'm going for it 3-1. Uh, I'm less optimistic and maybe being a bit more realistic I think it's going to be 2-2 and we're going to be 2-0 down and then come back and get a point through Callum Wilson and Sean Longstaff's going to score and that's probably what we deserve to be tempting fate this entire podcast yeah exactly <laughs> we're probably deserve to get beat now so yes we're just going to wrap it up there hope you've enjoyed it make sure to check out Vavil's website for all the coverage of the midweek Champions League games and all the games coming up this weekend, especially Newcastle United versus West Bromwich Albion on Saturday. I've been Aaron, and thanks for listening. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.